Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, who's thankful they already came to church today? Praise God. Well, I believe the Lord has a word for you. Look at your neighbor before you sit down and tell him, I'm so glad you're sitting next to me. And you better listen, because this word's for you. All right. Well, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful Yet you came to church on Daylight Savings. I tried to talk other people into preaching today, just because I know I'd be in a room full of the walking dead, but I believe we're alive today. Amen. How many of y'all know that there's some crackhead junkie out there that it didn't matter if they lost an hour of sleep, they still went and got a fix. How many of y'all know we had to come to the house of the Lord to get us a fix today? Amen. In his presence is fullness of joy. And I'm thankful to be in the house. Even if you needed an inject coffee into your veins, however you needed to do it, Uh, I'm so glad that you're here. We've been in this series, Relationship Rehab. Thank you, John. You can go ahead and sit down. Give John a hand. Isn't he awesome? I could just start singing, and he could go along with it. Sometimes we play karaoke when you guys aren't even here. All right? No, I'm kidding. I made that up. But we should sometime. I have big time. All right? But uh, we've been in this series, Relationship Rehab. And uh, the first week that we were here, we talked about Proverbs 4.23, and it says, Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. And how many of y'all know it's important that we guard our heart? Come on, how many of y'all know out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, that what is in your heart eventually comes out? Out of the overflow of the heart, the hands text, not only to the other person, but also on the Facebook post and the Instagram post. How many of y'all know out of the overflow of the heart, the hands have texted before and it's thrown me right in Facebook jail along with Chad. If I'm going down, you're going down with me, Chad, all right? But, but, but what is in the heart eventually comes out. We've got to deal with what is inside of our heart. And you're saying, Pastor, why in the world are you talking about relationships? Do you watch the news? Do you see that the world is coming to an end? And I believe that, but I also know this, that the kingdom of God, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, if we don't get along relationally, we're not going to have a kingdom of God. And so it's very important that we get along with one another, that we walk in love, that we speak the truth in love, and that we, that, <clears throat> that we have these things right in our families, in our home, and in the family of God. And so I think it's important that we talk about relationships. If you were here last week, I talked about three fundamental things and foundational things Uh, that you should have in a home, trust, honor, love. And if you didn't hear that, you can go back and listen to the message uh, in our podcast. But I want to read to you one more time, Genesis 2.18. It says this, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And over the last couple weeks, I've shared with you this, that this is not just a text for married couples. I believe this is a text, if you're single in here, you're not to live alone. If you're out there and maybe you've been thrice divorced, God still doesn't want you to be alone and maybe you've kicked uh, marriage off of the table, but I'm still here to tell you, you need community in your life if you're going to live right. Uh, The Bible tells us in Hebrews, forsake not the assembly of the saints together, especially when you see the day of the Lord approaching. How many of you know you can watch the news and know that there is things that are going on in the world today that we need the house of God. We need the church The Bible says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So I thank God for the church. And so today I want to talk about patterns. Everybody say patterns. Can I tell you this with all surety and confidence that your life is a culmination of patterns in your life. Like you are at a place financially, whether it's good or whether it's bad, it's because of a good pattern or a bad pattern. You're at a place financially in your life because of uh, the pattern that you have. If you spend more than you save, you are in a bad pattern. If you find yourself, you do good for a while, and you've set a good pattern for yourself, but you go back into this default mode where you spend more than you make, how many of y'all know that's not a good pattern? It's not a good pattern. You'll find yourself at a, 
at a, at a vulnerable state in your checking account and your savings account of having no money because of a pattern you set up for yourself. How I many y'all know in your physical body, it's patterns. Yeah. What you eat, don't look at mine. My pattern is not good. My pattern is sweets. And Don had to go to Bucky's this week and bring back milk chocolate almonds. Can I get an amen? But patterns, patterns will affect you in your physical body, whether uh, not enough exercise, calories, all that different stuff because of that pattern. It will affect your weight. It will affect your health. How many of y'all know in your relationships where you are today can be good or bad based on the pattern that you have? Based on the pattern that you have. Like, thinking about this uh, as a youth pastor, I would see kids act a certain way, and they're only, they only act this way not because of something that they thought of, but because of a pattern that a parent modeled to them. And they live this particular way. So whether it be financially, physically, relationally, whatever it is, we all have patterns. Like me in the mornings, I have a pattern. I mean, I'll have that morning pattern. Like I get up and I walk to the coffee pot with my eyes closed. I mean, I can get there. I'm telling you. I mean, you know, you know your house, especially in the morning. Chad, I can, I can pour coffee with just a little bit of light from the street coming through the window. Because I set the timer the night before, and I know how to pour that coffee. But I go there. It's pattern. Driving to work. Some of you guys know that your brain is completely shut off, and you get to Pantex not knowing how you got there. Because it's a pattern. Those of you that are still in school, you, you have a pattern. You park in the same spot. You walk in the same door. You go down the same hallway. Hallway. You say hi to the same pattern of friends because we are, as humanity, we are in default pattern mode. Am I making sense this morning? Can I tell you this with confidence? We all have a pattern when it comes to relational conflict. And by pattern, we either do the wrong thing or the right thing. But I, and, and can I tell you, when it comes to relational conflict, there's people that run away from it. That would be me. It's like, oh, there's drama here? All right. See ya. You know what I'm saying? But then there are some of y'all out there, you see drama, and you can't wait to dabble in it. I'm telling you, I am preaching so good right now. There's some of y'all, I saw some elbows flying just now. You're like, oh, there's conflict. I can't wait to get over there. And just play, it's, it's, it's where you dwell. You know what I used to tell teenage girls and as a youth pastor? The ones who, clank, who complain about drama the most are the most dramatic people in the world. Why they complain about drama? Because they create it. And then they get mad about it. Can I say that about adults, adults too? Because it's true. All right. A default pattern when, when uh, how many of y'all know we all have a pattern when somebody presses our button? You know that thing that makes your ears red or makes your butt itch? You know what I'm talking about? Like those things that, that you swear, they do it on purpose. I felt the same way when I watched the State of the Union address. Like, are my ears red? It's feeling hot in here. What is going on? But today I want to talk about a pattern when you are offended. Everybody say offended. Are you ready? I hope you wore your steel-toe boots because this is even for me today. But how many of y'all know we get into default even when it comes to conflict of being offended? So what is your reaction? Because here's the reality. I'm going to give you a word from the Lord. The reality is this. It's going to happen. The reality is, is all of us have the opportunity to get offended all the time. And so today I want to talk about when you do, what are you going to do to get out of that place of offense? Because it's going to happen, all right? Uh, the, there's people that aren't going to call you back. There's people that are going to leave you on red. You young people know what I'm saying. Addison tells me that, Dad, you left me on red. I left you on red because you wanted me to bring you a Sonic in the middle of the day, and I wasn't around Tascosa at the time. But I didn't, you know what a, leaving somebody on red is? When, meaning you can see that they read the text message, but they didn't send it back, right? Some of you are like, oh. Oh, know your crowd. Okay. 
Let me break it down to beans and cornbread here for us. Or, or that person that lied to you, or that person that should have said something, or they said too much, or they didn't say enough, and it offended you. Or maybe uh, that person that's walked out on you. Can I see a show of hands of people that have been offended in the church? All right, you should have every hand should be raised in here. We are in church, you should not lie. So I'm going to ask again, how many of y'all have ever been offended in church before? All right, very good. The Bible says this. Here's an encouraging word from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Then said he unto the disciples, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. Everybody say offenses will come. That's from Jesus. So we know they're going to come. In fact, Passion Translation says this. One day Jesus taught his disciples this. Betrayals are inevitable. Thank you for that. I love what the Holman says. It says this. Uh, offenses will certainly come. You know, they thought, you thought that they were a friend, but it finds out, you find out through another friend that they're really not a friend. Or that person that stabbed you in the back, or they said something on Facebook that they didn't mention your name, but I know that they know, I know that they know that I know that they know that I know that they were talking about me. You know what I'm talking about? And so, I want to talk about what to do when offenses come and things not to do when offenses come because you won't move, you won't move forward if you are stuck in a bed of offense. You won't move forward in your walk with Christ if you are stuck in a bed of offense. You won't move forward in your marriage if you are stuck in a bed of offense and you don't even have to be offended with your spouse. You won't move forward as a parent if you're still stuck in a place of offense. And the kingdom of God is built relationally and it's important if we are going to live out the kingdom of God, his kingdom come, his will be done in our lives, we've got to be careful when offenses come. So number one thing, what not to do. Romans chapter 12, go there with me. Here's the first thing not to do when we get offended. You ready? Number one is explode. Let me ask, you, let me ask people again. How many of y'all have ever exploded when you were offended? All right. Amen. I'm going to lift up all fingers and all toes. How many of y'all know it's easy to do that? Like, I am going to give them a piece of my mind. I mean, how many of y'all have ever thought that before? Don't look at me spiritually right now. Like, I'd love to just hit him right in the bird beak. Like, just one time. Just one time. You know, I wrestled a bunch growing up, but I think to myself, if I could just get him on the ground... I put them in a banana split, and I'd make them squeal like a pig. All right? Lord, soften my heart this morning. But how many of y'all have ever done this before? In Romans 12, chapter 12, and verse 19 says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. What is God telling us? He says, don't try to do it in your own hands, in your own taking. God will take care of it. But how many times do we get in the way of a mess that we've created? And we make the mess, and then we try to pick up the pieces, and we, all we do is make it worse. Can I tell you, this is a bad pattern. Explosion is a bad pattern. And here's the deal. You learned it somewhere, whether it was from a parent, whether it was from a loved one, whether it was from an experience this is a pattern that you've learned is to explode. You know what the bad part of explosion is this? Is we know the back end of it is always not good, but yet we do it anyway. Like how many times I've been in a, um, how should I put this? A tense conversation with my bride. Where I think inside of my head, if I say this, this is not going to be good. Men, you know what I'm talking about? Women, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not leaving you off the hook because I know you're out there too. That you think to yourself, I know if I say this, the couch is going to be very comforting. <laughs> but then it gets heated even more and you say it anyway. Mac, you know what I'm talking about? You say it anyway. And then you say this even stupid thing. You say, I did not mean to say that. And then you lie. Because <laughs> deep down inside, you meant it. Because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And here's the deal, just like right now as I'm talking to you, what I'm thinking is coming out of my mouth. So when you're in that heated argument, you have to think about the thing that you're about to say. 
So you can't say, oh, I didn't mean to say that, because that is a lie. You lie. I'm telling you. But what I'm telling you is this, that explosion, it, we got to be careful not to even get to, because here's the deal, this is what happens is, the explosion occurs because something is under the rug that is boiling, and then this event happened, and then you explode. I'm not trying to be Dr. Phil this morning, but this is humanity. It's because of something that happened 10 years ago, maybe 10 minutes ago, maybe 10 months ago, maybe a lifetime ago when you were a child, but it's under there and it's boiling that you haven't dealt with it. And then this particular event comes up and you explode and you don't know why. But here's the deal. We do it anyway, even though we know it's going to be worse than what it is right now. Can I tell you? Explosion is a bad pattern to have when we're offended. Can I say that again? Explosion's a bad pattern to have when we're offended. Because we know it doesn't work. The next one is this. The next one is this. Proverbs chapter 16. We don't need to go from explosion to number two. Guess who? Gossip. You know when we're offended, we go to someone and we say, we call them. Guess who is sleeping with so-and-so? Or guess who did this to me? Can I tell you, you're not there to get help. You're there to get pity and someone to side with you. Let me tell you what the Bible says. Proverbs 16, 28. It says, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates closest of friends. Can I tell you, this scripture right here is strong. A perverse person. Pastor, I thought a perverse person was somebody who looks at dirty pictures. No, it's so much more than that. You know what a perverse person is? It's somebody who is twisted on the inside. He said a twisted up person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates the closest of friends. See, when you call and say, guess who? You're not looking to resolve something. You're, you are to, you're, you're designing it. To mix it up. And you will lie and say, well, I just thought you should know. What I love about Judy's class is she's strong about this. What we bring up and what we're believing God for, we're not going to tell other people. Because here's the deal. This is what happens is, like, if there's something going on in my life that I want to believe God for, if I go to Pastor Michelle about this, even the way I say it to her, I'm going to say it in faith. I'm going to say it in faith because you have what you say. The doctors have given me the facts of this, but my Bible says it in faith. So this is how we're going to pray. That's why I don't put it on Facebook because I don't want people running gossip about what they think is going on in my life. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So what happens is lots of time, even in a spiritual sense, they're saying, guess who has cancer? Or guess who is separated? Can I tell you? Can I just be real with you all this morning? When in all reality, it's gossip rather than it's connecting in faith, but they disguise it as that. But it's not that. And so we've got to be careful of the guess who because it says a perverse, twisted person stirs up conflict. Matthew 18, 15 says this, Jesus speaking, if another believer sins against you, go privately. Everybody say privately. Go privately and point out the offense. Does it say, if another per believer sins against you, go to Facebook? No, it did not. Can I tell you, if you're trying to get a message across to your spouse or to your kids or through your, to your coworker through Facebook, I'm telling you, that is no place to live. That's childish. I'm just going to be honest with you. And here's another thing. If you are married... And you have a spout with your spouse. Don't go to your parent. Amen. I forget I get more amens than that. Well, my mom is my best friend. Well, that may be so, but you didn't marry your mom. Right? If you have a conflict with her, you need to have someone. I mean, the Bible talks very clearly in James that we need to have people in our life that we go to. But what happens is, is you already have dissension in a marriage. You don't need dissension from your mom and dad as well. That's right. That's right. I'm, come on. This is deep and good. 
You've got, you've got, you've got to be careful of that. Don't go to them because what you're doing is separating a relationship here and both are important to you. That's just foolish, but people do it all the time. In Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 19, it says this. And so Jesus talks about, or, or, or sorry, Solomon writes in the book of Proverbs here. He says, these are six things that the Lord hates. No, seven things that the Lord detests. He talks about haughty eyes, lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that plots evil, uh, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies. And listen to the last one here. A person who sows discord in a family. And just like we said last week, well, they don't honor me. That doesn't mean you can't honor them. Well, well, they said this. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm just helping you this morning because if we go to guess who, that's a bad pattern to be in. Right? And he said this is an abomination to God of people who sow discord in a family. Do I believe it's our family? Yes. Our wife, our kids, that type of thing? Yes. But I also believe as long as I've been in the church, which is my whole life, it means the family of God. I mean, y'all know we need to get along with one another. So don't rally a pity party for yourself. Here's the third one, Jeremiah chapter 6. Love what it says in the message translation. But here's the third thing. We don't, so number one, we don't explode. Number two, we don't say guess who. Number three, we also don't do this. This is a bad place to be to say who cares. Well, I'm just going to put it under the rug. Or I'm just going to act like it didn't happen. I'm just going to forgive and forget. Can we just be real? You never forget. I mean, I believe you can walk in forgiveness, but people say forgive and forget. Well, I've never figured out how to do that. I believe by the power of God, he gives us the ability to forgive, but that forget is never, never gone. Jeremiah 6.14 says this message translation. I love what it says. My people are broken, shattered, and they put on band-aids saying it's not so bad. You'll be just fine, but things are not just fine. So you don't want to explode, and you don't want to spread division, but you also don't want to stuff it. How many of y'all know, if you didn't go to the bathroom for a week, it is detrimental to your health? No, seriously. I mean, can we, can we act like adults here and say that, seriously, if you drank all the coffee and ate all the food for, let's say, a week and a half... Don't people show up to the hospital for this? Can I tell you, there's people in the room today that stuff things and stuff things and stuff things and stuff things and they realize why they're hurting? It's because things are inside of there that they need to get out. Can I tell you that there were some people, there was, I, I'm telling you, I was watching a guy on TikTok and preaching the gospel, and he was preaching a salvation message, but he sounded so mad. He had a suit and tie, I'm like, take the tie off, you're choking yourself, buddy. And he preached this gospel that was so mad. Can I tell you, the gospel is not a mad message. <laughs> it's a graceful message, it's a merciful message, it's a loving message. But I was thinking to myself, there is some deep, wounded things down inside of him. I could just see it through the screen of my phone that he's got to deal with some things that are deep down in there where he's been hurted and wounded. And so we've got to be careful that Proverbs, or sorry, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15, the writer here, I love the Living Bible translation. I've already said this scripture in this particular, in this particular series, but it says, look after each other so that no one of you will fall or fail to find God's best blessings. Watch out that no bitterness, everybody say bitterness, takes root among you far as it springs up. It causes deep trouble, hurting many in their spiritual lives. Isn't that something? As I read that this week in the Living Bible, I love the TLB because my name's Travis Lee Bennett, and I always think it's the Travis Lee Bennett version. He talks about Bitterness take root among you far as it springs up. It causes deep trouble, hurting many in their spiritual lives. And it just jumped off at the page at me that offense will affect your spiritual life. Because you just think it's between you and that other person. But it's not. It's against everybody. Like how many of y'all have been in those homes before? 
like you, maybe you lived in that home or maybe you, you, you knew somebody in a home that was like this, that uh, there was an offense in mama and because of that, she had these walls up against her husband and walls up against her kids and nobody, uh, uh, her kids saw it, her husband saw it, but she didn't see it. Like we think to ourselves, well, I, I, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put this under the rug, but here's the deal, having it under there, it's still there. It's still there. And you can't say, who cares? It, 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 it's, just, it's just okay. Because here's the deal. It's not only affecting you and your walk with Christ. It's affecting all the people inside of your home. It's affecting the people at your work. I'm telling you, people at your work see it. Your neighbors see it. The people on the board that you're with, they see it. The little baseball team, they see it because it's all over you because you think that you have it hidden. But I'm telling you, it is exposed to everybody but yourself. Because offense will make people selfish. I'm the one who got hurt. It's about me, 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 me. So we looked at the three things of what we're not supposed to do. Now I want to look at the things that we are called, I feel like we're supposed to do. Are you ready? So number one, don't do explode. Don't say um, don't say guess who. Number three, don't say who cares. But number one is this. We've got to do this. Realize it affects my relationship with God. So in Luke 6, 37 and 38, it says, judge not. This is a great passage of text that we all should know. And you will not be judged. Do not condemn and pronounce guilty. And you will not be condemned and pronounced guilty. Acquit and forgive and release. And you will be acquitted and forgiven and released. Here's verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will, will they pour into the bosom. For with the measure, everybody say measure. Come on, everybody say measure. He says, for with the measure you deal out, it will be measured back to you. We always like the beginning of that verse, given will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give in your bosom. But he says, well, with the measure that you give, it will be given back to you. So think about this. If you give a teaspoon of forgiveness, get ready, this is strong, for a teaspoon back to you. How many of y'all know, whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap? So what I'm telling you is this, don't let that offense of that person not calling you back or that offense of I've always sat there <laughs> or it's just too loud in here or it's so hot in here or it's too cold in here it's not loud enough in here don't let that thing that the enemy's trying to clog the pipeline of what God's trying to pour into you are you hearing me this morning so we've got to realize that it affects us. So number one, realize it affects your relationship with God. Here's the second thing, the book of Psalms. Number two is this, realize the hurt and acknowledge it. We've got to acknowledge it. You know what Psalm 39 verse 2 says this? David said, but as I stood there in silence, not even speaking of good things, the turmoil within me grew worse. The more I thought about it, the hotter I got igniting a fire of words. So I want you to think about this. Those of you that are cattle people out there, what happens in a cow? I think it's regurgitate or ruminate, but this is what happens. They eat the grass. It goes into one stomach. Then they spit it back up. They chew on it some more. It goes to a different stomach. They spit it back up. Is there three stomachs, Mike? I don't know. There's four? Don't y'all lie to me. Anyway, they spit it back up, and eventually they digest it, right? Okay, those of you that know cows, that, that's what happens. So you see them out there in the pasture, they can be in a lot full of dirt, and they're still... Because they're eating grass from yesterday. Can I tell you? This is what people do. They have something stuffed down inside of them, and they don't, they don't deal with it. And what they do is they spit it up. And can I tell you what's in your mouth is what you're going to say? Whether it be good, whether it be bad, whether it be faith, whether it be in fear, but what is in your mouth is what you're going to say. And then you begin to say things that you don't want to say, and you don't realize this, 
You can't go to the family functions anymore because you've regurgitated way too many times. You can't even go to that church anymore because you've regurgitated too many times. It's not that the church doesn't want you, but you've, you've made yourself in a miserable place because you've stayed offended and you've had it underneath and then somebody said something that triggered you and because you were regurgitating it rather than digesting it and deal with it and get it out of the way, what happens is somebody jerks the rug out and it comes out and it comes out big and it comes out nasty. And you said things that you wish you wouldn't have said. Next thing you know, you're divorcing someone that you love because... Over and over and over, you didn't deal with something that was on the inside of you. Are you hearing me this morning? I know this is deep teaching, but it's really not deep. It's very simple, but it's something that we all need to hear because we've got to realize the hurt and we've got to acknowledge it. We've got to take care of these things. Can I tell you, there was a time in my life that, that something happened here at the church. And not only did they hurt me, they hurt my pastors, which is also my family. And I I just thought to myself, you know, and it's something you see somebody all the time, and then they did this particular thing. They pulled, I mean, it was terrible. And I always thought, man, if I run into them, I, I may hit them with my truck. You know, if I run into him at Target, I might just, you know, judo chop. Like, put him in, you know, I'm going to be on you like a spider monkey. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, this is all this stuff. I, I, how many of y'all have ever been there before you're playing in your head if I see him? Oh, yeah. How many of y'all know that's a terrible place to be? Like, it's a terrible place to be that you can't even shop at Target because you're afraid to run into so-and-so. I mean, come on, you can't even relax with your family at a restaurant because at one time you knew they went to that restaurant one time, and so you thought to yourself, so now you can't even appreciate your wife and your kids or your spouse, whatever it is, because of that person. So this particular person, I thought, I finally had enough. I thought, you know, I'm not going to live this way anymore, and I almost kind of a little bit forgot about it. I had a guy working with me at the time. And at the time, you know, us shoeing horses together, I told him all kinds of different stuff. So he knew who this guy was. And so anyways, we're sitting at this restaurant in Canyon, Texas. And um, uh, this guy was there. I hadn't seen him in a long time. And I said, hey, remember, I tell the guy that's with me, hey, remember that guy that uh, did, all that, did all that stuff? I said, he's right over there. He said, you want me to go pour my tea on his head or something, you know? <laughs> I said, no, I, no. I said, you know, it's amazing. I felt all these things before, but today I'm going to, I am going to end it. He goes, really? How are you going to do that? About that time he gets up and he's going to the bathroom and we're like right by the bathroom. And I grabbed him by the arm and I said, hey, would you come sit down? So the guy who I'm working with, he scoots over and he sits right across from me. He's like, this is so awkward. <laughs> and so I said, hey, man. I've lived for this long enough. I said, man, I've had all these thoughts in my head. Next time I see you, what I would say and all that. And I said, you know what? I'm letting that go. I said, I'm going to walk in freedom. I'm not going to let this, what all this uh, transpired, I'm not going to have it weigh me down. And I'm not saying that we're going to have each other over for fried chicken. But I'm now going to walk in freedom and I release it. I didn't say because you did this. Because you did this, because you did this. I mean, I know that's not forgiveness, right? I just said, you know what? I'll release it. I'm done. And then, so the, the buddy of mine that was with us, he was like big eyeballs. He said, and we'd like for you to buy lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to lighten the load. And he bought lunch. It was a good day. But can I tell you? Even though that had happened so many years before, the freedom that I walked out of there in. The freedom that, you know what the Bible says in James 5, 16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. You notice it says, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9 and 10, what does it say? Confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's the God, but after that process of salvation... That's why it's important that we have, it's not that we be alone, because 
we need to have people in our life that we confess things to. And it's not a guess who moment. It's somebody that we rely upon and say, hey, I need help in this situation. My heart feels this way, but I've got to get it off of me. You know what I've noticed lots of times in counseling sessions? It's just they need somebody to listen to and get it out of you because they've learned if they keep it balled up, eventually it's going to be bad. And this is why we need community. This is why we need to serve together. This is why we need people in our corner. Because if you don't, you will find yourself at a place not realizing it, separated from all the people that you love because you didn't realize the hurt and acknowledge it. Can I tell you this? Don't bleed on people today who never cut you. Amen? Here's the next one, number three. Only got two more. I'm going to be real quick here. I'm almost done. Here's the third one. Pray for them. Pray for them. And let me explain because I'm telling you, there's been people that I've been upset with, and that is hard to do. I'll pray for them. I pray they get struck by lightning. <laughs> Can I tell you, I've felt that way before. And so the Bible tells us this. Jesus, again, is speaking in Matthew 5, 43 and 44. It says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and and I need everybody, and, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Can I tell you it's hard to keep an offended heart when you're praying for somebody? I know you guys are not going to believe this, believe this, but over the last, I, being in ministry the last 16, 17 years, I've had some critics. Like in 2020, I had some really good ones. That I, I, I'm telling you, I mean, said awful things to me. Sent me in messages in, in, in my inbox and all kinds of different things that I did not know then that they were across the world. That, that said all kinds of terrible things about me, my wife, my family, and different things like that. Can I tell you, that person is hard to pray for. But I do know this, an offended heart, when you're praying for, for somebody, it's hard to keep offended. And so what I've learned to do, pushing past that emotion, I'm not telling you that I'm perfect at this, but there are some people that have made my ears turn red and made me turn red-faced in the uh, uh, red face that, that I just say, God, I pray that you bless them today. I pray that you keep them. I pray that your face shine upon them. Be gracious to them. Give them peace. I pray that their children, that they have the mind of Christ, that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens him, that they're more than conquerors, that greater is he that is in them than he that is in the world. I pray that you would reveal yourself to them today. Because what am I doing as I pray? I'm, getting, I'm connecting my heart to God. Right? As I pray, I'm connecting my heart to God, and now my heart that is connected to God can't be at a place of bitterness and offense because I'm connected to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Are you hearing me this morning? And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm telling you right now, it's hard. It, it, it's hard. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 26 says this. It says, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Can you, can you agree with me that that is strong talk? So don't let a momentary event trap you for the rest of your life. Don't let it give a foothold to the enemy. Because this is affecting me and God, and that other person is not worth it. Like, I'm not even kidding y'all. There's people that I've came across to get across my feed before that I, I, I don't even know. And I get mad. Like, how can you think like this? What is the matter with you? But it isn't this crazy that I'm letting someone I don't even know that may even be a made-up name and fake... That the enemy is using to distract me inside of my home to be the dad God has called me to be. I mean, break it down to that. How many of y'all have ever read something on a post before and it just ran all over you? Let me see a show of hands. It just went all over you. Like, how could you be so stupid? And then what it does is it pulls you in. It's like Mortal Kombat. 
and you're like, ah, I got to say this. And you, and you type it out, and you look just as stupid as they are. Come on. I loved it the other night at the True Texas Project. He said, he said this. The biggest thing that's been, that we're up against as a nation is not necessarily the government control, which is that is bad. I mean, he wasn't saying those things aren't bad. He's in, in all the things where they have government has its hand in and all, all, all that particular stuff. But he said the biggest thing where they got us was when they got into the culture. And can I tell you, it, this is what he said. He said, this is, this is the way that you get people to think in the way that you think. The only person that can do that is Jesus Christ. Can I tell you this? That even me, it's hard for me to pray for this leadership inside of our country. It really is. It's hard. But still, God's called us to pray for them. You know, I'm praying, I'm praying revival in the White House. Amen? Amen. No matter what happens, which I wish some things would happen, and they may still happen. But here's the deal. Until that time, I'm telling you, all those people need a touch from the King of kings and the Lord of lords. They need to repent, right? So what am I saying? This is not going to affect me and... It's not going to affect me and God because I'm going to deal with it right now and we're going to pray about it. Come on, if it's worth, if it's worth worrying about, it's worth praying about. Pray before you worry. Here's the last thing, Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3 is the last thing. John, if you want to go ahead and come. So if we're going to, we're going to deal with this offense in our life, number one, we are going to realize it affects our relationship with God. Number two, we're going we're gonna to realize where it is, and we're going to deal with it. Number three, we're going to pray about it. Number four, we're going to deal with the root. Everybody say root. Can I tell you with all confidence today, I've sat in services, enough services, I've sat in enough counseling sessions before where I'm looking at someone, and they're mad about a thing that happened yesterday on the surface. But really, it's deep down inside. They're dealing with rejection as a child. They're dealing from rejection from an ex. From an ex. Like, if you're in here today and, like, you're young in here and you're... you're, you're thinking about getting married. I, I just want to tell you, you need to make sure that these, de- these things are dealt with. Because if you've had rejection as a dad, you'll have a hard time being a dad. If you had rejection from a mom, you'll have a hard time being a mom or the mom that God's called you to be and go where God's called you to go. Can I tell you what keeps you in rejection is anger. Can I tell you what keeps you in rejection is gossip you know what I feel like I'm doing right now I feel like I am exposing the enemy I'm exposing the enemy the enemy's getting exposed because I'm telling you right now I'm telling you the secret of why you're still messed up on that particular thing is because of rejection of something that happened years ago and Acts, Acts 8 verse 23 it says for I can see that you are full of bitter jealousy and are held captive by sin Can I tell you, rejection will keep you captive. It'll keep you chained up. And is it worth, I just want to ask you this this question this morning. Is it worth reliving that particular rejection over and over and over that you've been chained to? It's not. Can I tell you, it's not. Can I just be real honest with you? Don't be held by it no more. I believe this, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I believe there's freedom in the room today. Come on, let's stand to our feet. We've got to deal with the root. We've got to deal with the root of rejection. Acts 3.19 says this. It says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So I want to ask you this question before we end today. 
What is your pattern? What pattern are you in right now? What is the pattern that, you, that you're at that you can honestly say, you know what, this pattern of rejection keeps bringing me back to this place. I stay offended all the time. There's people, I'm telling you, like I've said this before, that they're still mad that the United States purchased Louisiana. They get mad about everything. Can I tell you, it just blows my mind. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful I am I, not that way, but I'm telling you, I still have an opportunity to get offended. I still have that opportunity. Can I tell you, you can be set free from that mentality, mentality today. Don't go another day feeling that rejection. Don't go another day feeling that rejection. So I want to ask somebody in the, everybody in this room. You say, you know what, Pastor, as you were talking about that, I can honestly say that I'm in that place. I've exploded. I say, I call people and say, guess who? I also say this, who cares? And I put it all under the rug. And there's times where it comes out and it's nasty and it's not good. And it destroys people inside of my home. I'm telling you today, you might have felt rejection from a mama. You might have felt rejection from a dad. You might have re- felt rejection from that ex-spouse. You might have felt rejection from your, even your own kids. And because of that, you're in turmoil today. So I'm, not, I'm just saying you can get your heart right and let God work out the details. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Who am I talking to? Let me just let me just see a show of hands. You say, you know what? I, you're talking to me today. Just keep your hand raised. Who is that? You're talking to me today. Come on, with every head bowed, with every eye closed, you got your hand raised. Keep your hand raised because I want to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray right now for your anointing that is in this room. Your anointing that breaks the yokes and bondages of sin and death. And so, Lord, I just pray right now. I get I get in agreement God but these that have their hands raised and say you know what I'm hurting you know what I'm hurting I can acknowledge this that I've hurt and I've hurt for many years but today I cast all my care on you for you care for me and so Lord I just pray that you right now God that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding I thank you for your anointing that is in this room and I pray God that you are doing a touch that you are touching lives you're touching hearts Lord I pray that they would put it at the foot of you today in Jesus name put it at the foot of the cross Lord I pray that you would do a miracle that thing that they've held on to they've held on to for many years I pray that today that curse is broken I pray that that curse is broken It's broken. Maybe you're offended at God. And you're saying, God, why? Why'd you allow that to happen? I I don't understand how that happened. Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name. Spirit of the living God, minister right now. Spirit of the living God, pour out. Pour out. Pour out. Not by might nor by power. But by your spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Healing come in Jesus' name. Healing come in Jesus' name. Healing come in Jesus' name. Healing come. Lord, do what only you can do. 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 Peace. Peace like a river. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Healing come. Peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Guarding their hearts, their minds. Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. May they feel comfort in you today. In Jesus' name. There's one last thing with every head bowed and with every eye closed. You're in here and you say, you know what? Pastor, I can say this. It's going to be hard for me to walk in peace. It's going to be hard for me 
to realize the hurt that's in my life because maybe you don't have a relationship with the Lord. I said it a while ago. He said, confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The Bible talks about the gospel. The gospel, it's the good news. It's that we have a Savior that died, he was buried, and on the third day he rose again. The Bible tells us this, that he was thinking of us us, the whole time. So if you're out there and you say, Pastor, you don't know what I've said. You don't know who I've hurt. You don't know what I've done. You don't know the mistakes that I've made. I'm telling you, God forgives you as far as the east is from the west. God says, I'm going to send my son to die on a cross to be the spotless lamb to take the penalty of death off of you. And I'm going to put it on my son. And that's what he did. So if you're out there and you say, you know what? I've never had anyone do that for me. I'm telling you, we have a Savior, Jesus Christ, that you may have never acknowledged that wants to come live on the inside of you. The Bible says he'll be that friend that sticks closer than any brother. The Bible says this, he'll never leave you and that he'll never forsake you. So if you're out there and you say, you know what? I'm sick of doing life alone. You don't have to do it alone anymore. Christ wants to come live on the inside of you. It's the easiest thing you'll ever do, and it's the best decision that you'll ever make. So if you're out there and you say, Pastor, you know what? That's me. I don't know Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. There's three things you do. You admit that you're a sinner. You believe that he died. He was buried, and on the third day rose again. On the third thing is this. You confess him as your Lord. If you do that, he said he'd come live. I'm telling you, that's good news. In a world today that we live in that is good news so if you're out there and you say pastor you know what that's me I acknowledge that I'm a sinner but today I want to get things right with God if that's you out there just lift your hand you say you know what pastor I need to pray that prayer of salvation I need to pray that prayer of salvation praise God I see that hand I see that hand Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I believe that you died, you were buried, and on the third day, you rose again. I admit that I'm a sinner, but today I confess you as my Lord. Come live in my heart. Make me new. Set me free from this day forward. I'll serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.